despre care nu. Welcome to S5 Views on ADR EVA, a podcast about simplifying alternative dispute resolution in a bid to attract more users to settle their disputes or conflicts with these alternatives, mediation, arbitration, negotiation, conciliation, and early neutral evaluation. My name is Chiyongwe Ebunike, a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Brighton, United Kingdom, and the fellow of the American Bar Association section of dispute resolution. I am excited to welcome Professor Leila Love to the EVA show. She is the founding director of the Cooking Program for Conflict Resolution at Benjamin N. Cardoza School of Law, New York City. And Professor Love founded Cardoza's uh, Mediation Clinic in 1985, one of the first clinical programs to train law students to serve as mediators. She once served as chair of the American Bar Association section of dispute resolution. In her chair year, she initiated the first International Mediation Leadership Summit. Professor Love wears many hats, so I've left the link to her profile below. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Let me stop sharing now. I'm so honored to have you. Thank you. <laughs> so without um, wasting much of your time, I would go straight to the question. So question one is, from your vantage point of having served as a chair of the ABA section of dispute resolution, what are the section's key accomplishments? Okay. Okay. Um, well, first of all, it's delightful to meet you on Zoom. Chinway, <laughs> um, and please yeah. call me Leela. Um, I look forward to meeting you in person, which is oh, better than Zoom. Yeah, are you coming for the spring conference in May? Um, I am not sure. I don't think oh, so. But oh, I, oh. I usually go, but I'm not so. conflicts with that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um so let me talk a little bit about this section and then give a broader view, perhaps. Okay. By folks participating in this Zoom meeting might want to participate in this section. Okay. So the ABA section of dispute resolution was founded recently. It's a recent development. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was founded in 1993. It, it reports on um, the website to have 11,000 members. Oh, wow. Um, which is, I mean, they count students, they count everybody to get, to get up to that number. But yeah. that's a lot of people. Yeah. And I think you'll hear me say in the next 20 minutes a few times that if you want to be successful in a field, you want to participate. You want to do a lot of things. You want to write. You want to attend and give seminars. You want to meet people. And the um, ABA section with its large membership has provided that opportunity for many people to participate. Um, so what, what does this section offer? Well, if you haven't done it, go to the website, simply put in the ABA 
dispute resolution section. And you will see um, so many opportunities. There is a publishing arm. There is a seminar arm. You're seeing in this excellent effort of uh, my new friend, Chinwe, this podcast arm. And she, by the way, is a fellow of this section, which is a new and excellent program. And for those of you watching, you know, that it's one example of someone reaching out to participate and, and hear, Chinwe, you're doing this podcast after, you know, such a, um, hopefully something that reaches around the world, across countries and so on. So... Um, I, I'm going to mention a few other things this section does, but you all listening to this have your own interests, whether you're professors or students or practitioners, and you're going to find that the ABA section has niches for everyone. Um, for example, if you if you're a practitioner with an ethics issue, they have a forum. They'll take your issue and give you a response. They have a group of people yeah. looks at the issue, meets, writes an opinion um, on the issue, and they now have a bank of uh, opinions on different ethics issues. I mentioned that because practitioners all often have such issues, but as a way to participate, that's a group that's very fun to be in. People argue about the right answer. And then maybe you get to write the opinion that everybody signs on to in the end. So, so that's fun. Um, or let me mention one other thing. If you want to publish, yeah. and, you are, and you should publish if this is your field, you know, there is a wonderful magazine that's available internationally and goes to members and has short articles on subjects of interest. And they're looking for, I'm guessing, people like you to write those articles. And particularly if you're signing in from around the world and have a unique perspective from your country on a topic. Usually the magazine, um, each issue is about some area like education or mediation or facilitation, whatever it is. Um, so publishing in that uh, is critical. And they have a book publishing arm. Okay. At the the um, wonderful opportunity to publish a book on stories from around the world mm -hmm. um, about mediation. And that was published by ABA Publishing. If you are a practitioner and you're from other than the United States, um, one of the books was dedicated to international mediators. Mm -hmm. And um, actually that book, the collection of authors is it's called Stories Mediators Tell, oh. International Edition. The list of authors in that book is people you might want to get in, get to know internationally. Look up 
be sure you know people from your own country. Yeah. So I think that this section, and it's, and I, I will be mentioning a few more areas that the section gets involved in. I could keep talking, Chima. That's fine. We still yeah. have months. We still have so, time. Why don't That's you talk great. a little? What do you think people want to know? <laughs> I think you're on the right track. What they want to know, so yeah, carry on. Okay. Um. So we had talked before this about different questions. Why? Why would you want to participate? So one very smart guy told me once, yeah. if you want to get in a field, any field, and in fact, we were talking about horse jumping at the time. Yeah. He was the best trainer in the world. And he said, you've got to participate. Um, and I, oh, I thought, what does that mean? Go to luncheons, go to meetings, but he was right. The section, in a way, is a place, I don't like this phrase, but I'm going to say it, to see and be seen, to get people to know you, know your face, most importantly, know your energy, know that you care, know that you want to be a part um, of things. Chinwe just mentioned the annual conference of this section of dispute resolution, which is coming up in May yeah. in Las Vegas, Nevada in the United States. Yeah. Let me say a word about that conference. Yeah. Um, it has been going on for decades. It is the, uh, I think, perhaps internationally, it is a key conference. Academics go and they'll tell you the latest trends in academia. So if you are a professor or student, that's a place um, to go. Practitioners go, and they talk about skills. They talk about key cases um, they've done. They talk about what's happening in their state. So for example, there's a trend in the United States to um, eliminate the joint session in mediation, just use caucusing. You, you, if you're a mediator, you need to learn about that and how people do that and why that's happening. I think that's a regrettable trend. Um, I hope we can reverse it. But going to the ABA conference is a place to find out about it, talk about it, um, meet people. Yeah. So I would encourage you to go there. I, Zoom is terrific. Yeah. They're terrific. It really is amazing. And I love yeah. seeing yeah. um, the face of my colleague this morning, um, Chinwen. But it's just nothing like um, a a conference where you have lunch with people, you yeah. have breakfast and so on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you so very much. That was exciting. 
So question two, okay, I think you've touched on that. Why should professionals participate? So which of the activities are most relevant to potential members or users? So if you go to the website, you will find so many activities that it's a little bit hard to single out anyone. Um, and it depends on you. I, I asked Chinoy, who, who is this podcast speaking to? If you are a professor, for example, or a teacher, or have contact with students, you should know about the writing competition of the section of dispute resolution. It's called the uh, Bosky, B-O-S-K-E-Y. Bosky was a pioneer um, in dispute resolution the Bosky ADR writing competition. So if you are a professor, your students should know about that because um, participating in, in that, if you win, you win money. It's um, at least $1,000 prize. It may be $2,000, but you get published. And you'll see on the website, if you Google that, you get published. And even if you're not qualified to join that competition, I don't know the rules right now, whether, for example, you have to be an um, undergraduate or a law student or an LLM student. You can send students there and they can see the winning papers and learn how to footnote and learn what topics or interesting these days, okay. topics are winning in that sort of competition. Um, so that's that's one example, but they're really limit, limitless. These, these podcasts are another. Anyway, do you have another question? Uh, yes, of course. Um, so what is your advice for potential users of ADR and people portraying a career in ADR? Well, I guess I would go back to participating. Yeah. For users, I think it's hard, but potential users, because yeah. if you suggest ADR, sometimes still that's seen as a sign of weakness. So around the world, you all listening probably know there is regimes of mandatory ADR. Yeah. I'm from New York, and New York just inaugurated presumptive ADR. That means every litigation case in the um, state courts is supposed to try um, ADR prior to going into the courtroom. That's very powerful. Yeah. And that initiative has been quite successful in terms of settlement rates and so on, it still needs more cases mm -hmm. into the ADR program. So mm -hmm. to users, I would say, find a way to participate to get in. For yeah. practitioners, be mm -hmm. sure you're signed up, be sure you do training and then get signed up for panels um, and you, you get practice. I've had people come to New York from from Germany, from other mm -hmm. places where they couldn't get yes. cases. Yeah. So they could get cases. Oh, wow. 
So final question is, what is the way forward for mass advocacy or awareness on the benefits of utilizing ADR in settling disputes or conflict? Well, uh, um, you know, one always says education. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. In the United States now, it's common in school, in elementary schools, yeah. in junior high schools and high schools, mm -hmm. college, to have peer mediation programs. That is programs which train um, the students at whatever level yeah. as dispute resolution practitioners, and then utilize those students as the ADR neutrals um, for most frequently as mediators under the supervision of some structure. Yeah. I think that's that's terrific. Um, but also law schools, for example, are now incorporating ADR more and more into the base curriculum of oh. the school. So that in some places, um, proficiency in negotiation, for example, or knowledge about ADR processes is necessary yeah. to graduate. Um, very exciting development in the United States is that ADR is going to be incorporated into the bar exam. So there'll be questions about ADR on the on the bar. Now that's important because people want to pass the bar exam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You are going to find out about ADR before you go and sit for the bar exam. And if you're signing into this podcast from somewhere other than the United States, that's one of the roads. Is yeah. it a subject that's tested? Is it a subject that um, employers, for example, want their potential employees to know about how, how to negotiate um, how to resolve disputes and so on, much more and more common in the um, corporate world. And I mentioned presumptive mediation in the United States. Around Europe, my, my colleague Giuseppe DiPaolo, who's a terrific uh, mediator, has started, um, not this has been ongoing for some time, but he, he has been a champion of something he calls easy opt-out mediation. Mm -hmm. That is where governments require ADR and or mediation, but it's not much of a burden because once you go, once you, you know, listen for a bit, it's easy to opt out if you learn this is not, for example, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you so very much. Um, this is another masterclass and I really enjoyed listening to you. And I know my um, audience uh, will also enjoy listening to you when they you know, have the opportunity. I am so grateful that you agreed to honor, to honor um, this, to honor, the show by commenting on the show, sorry. And um, it has been quite insightful, educative, exciting. I've learned so much about um, the history of the um, of American Bar Association section of dispute resolution, 
um, also the achievements um, thus far. And of course, um, the many benefits for um, utilizing ADR. So I'm really grateful that you that you said all this on the show. So thank you once again. And yeah, to my um, audience, um, thank you so very much for your constant support. Stay tuned, same time for more episodes on the achievements of the American Bar Association section of this resolution. All right, thank, thank you. you so much. Bye. Yeah. Yes. A good day. <laughs>